Hello, hello, and welcome to Related, a podcast where we talk all things culture, current events, food, and travel from our own millennial boomer perspective. I'm Francesca, and that's Andy. Now let's get into it. I've literally been waiting like four days to tell you this. Okay, tell me what. So I don't know if you've noticed, but the iguanas are back. They are. Spring has sprung. The iguanas are back. Yes. So we were sitting down to eat dinner the other night, and I look up, and there's an iguana that has crawled underneath our baby fence around the pool. And I look at Peppy, and I go, there's an iguana at the pool. There's an iguana at the pool. And he's like, where, where, where? So he like goes to the door. It jumps into our pool. Disgusting. Begins to swim. Disgusting. So... Uh, for those who do not live in South Florida, iguanas are rampant, but they are not native here. And they're very destructive to our ecosystem. And the Florida Wildlife Commission, the FWC, came out like two years ago, a year and a half ago, and said that if, because they are bad for our ecosystem, they, because they're invasive, invasive species, uh, you can humanely kill them if they are on your property. So, uh, humanely kills them. Humane, to humanely kill them, you must shoot them in the head. So Peppy went out to try and get it from the pool. He had his net, and that was probably, it must have been at least a 10-minute ordeal to try to get it out of the pool. It kept getting away from him. He tried to spike it, like its head, because he didn't want to shoot it while it was in the pool and get its like nastiness in our pool. But he did try to like club it over the head. And he did. He was able to, but it wouldn't die. It was like Rasputin up in there. So he finally gets it out of the pool. In the meantime, I run to get his gun, his BB gun. I get it to him outside, and he, because he was able to like hit it in the head, it was kind of like disoriented. So he was able to get it from a close range and at least not torture it. But it was literally like a 20 minute ordeal. To get this iguana, and it was huge. It's probably one of the bigger ones that we've had in our yard. It was literally disgusting, super gross. And I wanted to FaceTime you as it was happening, and I thought to myself, "No, I should keep this little nugget so that we could discuss it." I I hate iguanas. I hate lizards. I hate all things of the sort. Yeah, and reptilian family. Yeah, it's not okay. I don't understand why people have them as pets. There's legitimately people on Instagram and social media who have iguanas as pets, lizards, um, like Komodo dragons, like all these weird things because people in Florida are weird. And I literally saw a video of somebody who has an iguana as a pet like two weeks ago and she legitimately was cuddling with it on the couch watching TV. Man, that's gross. And why? Why? Well, those people are the reasons why they're rampant in this area and don't belong. Yeah. Because they don't have any predators here. And you know, well, you don't have any dogs, but they their skin has, um, I forget the name of it, it has a toxin in it where like if a dog gets to it and bites through it, it can get botulism, Yeah, which could paralyze a dog and ultimately kill it. So yeah. they're quite dangerous if you have pets. Yeah. And even if you think your dog is old and not really very... Because also, iguanas are very fast. They're super damn fast. Super fast. And if you think that your dog's like old and fat and lazy and can't get to it, wrong. Because we also had an incident where Andy's dog, Rudy, who is... We don't even know how old because he's, he's a rescue. He's, he's probably 14. He's probably 14. He's like a terrier mix. Probably. Yeah. 
So we think. Um, and he has a torn ACL that was never surgically fixed because he's old and, he, you know, he can still walk and everything. He doesn't need to he, get it fixed. He's not in any pain. No, he's not in any pain. He's totally fine. Um, but he's kind of lazy and old and has a torn ACL. And he was able to get a hold of an iguana somehow by the grace of God a because they're, they're so fast. And, and we that's didn't how really we know. learned that yeah. they were toxic to pets. Yeah, because... We saw him and we're like, oh my God, he caught an iguana. Like, how did he catch it? It's so fast and he is not. And then I didn't think anything of it, but Andy, for some reason, was no, like... No, I didn't think anything of it either. Peppy oh, was, was the Peppy. one, yeah, who freaked out and was like... How could you one? let him? <laughs> Why did you let him chase it? What's wrong with you? And then, of course, we like Googled it and then we read about the toxins in their skin. And then we called the veterinarian because we were nervous. And so that was like... Give him some bread. If he starts to vomit or anything like that, get him to, like, the ER vet, like, yeah. ASAP. Yeah. But luckily, uh, Rudy was fine. Yeah. Rudy lives to tell the tale. I think he enjoyed eating bread. He Fair. does fancy himself a nice meal. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. So anyway, you have to keep your dogs away from them because they're everywhere. And dogs can catch them. Dogs can bite them, kill them, whatever they do. And... The other piece to all of this iguana nonsense is that Andy and I, because I think they are the most repulsive things on the planet, um, I once Googled how many iguanas, like how many eggs iguanas lay, because there are just so many of them. And we grew up here and I don't remember iguanas when I was a kid, like when we were kids. I don't recall them. No. And I also don't remember ever in my life seeing curly tail lizards like yeah. we have up here. And so they're everywhere. And so I Googled one day. I'm like, how many eggs do iguanas lay? Because these fuckers are reproducing real fast. And they lay up to 75 eggs every like mating whatever. I don't know. I don't know like the proper terms, but it's gross. And there's so many of them. So even if you kill one, there's like 80 more where that one came from. Right. And they are just everywhere. And oh my gosh, it's gross. The other thing we learned because we have Googled a lot about iguanas in in the recent years that we've been adults and noticing them everywhere is the exotic meat market and that people eat iguana meat. It is like a thing, especially in the Caribbean. And in Jamaica, they call iguana meat chicken of the trees. I think more people, I think other cultures call it that too. But we specifically read about oh, Jamaica, in Jamaica, it's, I mean, Chicken I don't want to call it like cheese. a delicacy, but like, yeah, that's what, like when you Google it and we came across whatever we came across, it was like, AKA chicken of the trees. So gross. It's disgusting. And I literally, I mean, now that you can hunt them humanely, well, you know, people. So we read an article, there was another article about this in the news probably like a year ago. And it said that people were getting up to $60 a pound for iguana meat. In California, where there's like a market for them. Yeah. We're sleeping on a side hustle. Is what we're I sleeping think. on a side hustle, but mainly because I cannot even fathom like seeing them from 50 feet away, let alone. We would need to invest in a better BB gun. Right. And Pepe <laughs> would need to quit his job and hunt full time. But also, you got rid of all your grass, pretty much. So you don't get a lot of iguanas anymore. You really don't get a lot anymore. Not like we used to. But And even just seeing the one, like, as it was getting into our pool was an absolute shock. Yeah, and I didn't even know that they swam. But those fuckers swim. They swim. Yeah, they do. And he was fast. And that guy was living his best life in our pool. The other thing about iguanas that I'm sure plenty of people read about is 
It doesn't really get cold in Florida, but when it does in South Florida, the iguana, so iguanas live in trees and they come down out of the trees to eat and mate. Or nest because they nest underground. Yeah. Man, I'm like talking this out right now. We know a lot about iguanas. We really do. And around the block from us, there's, they're doing construction on like a driveway or something. And we were walking Rudy and the, and the kids and we saw like three iguanas digging into Ugh. the sand. Like they had this huge sand pile for obviously they're doing a driveway mm-hmm. with pavers. And we were like, this is not good because that means they're going to come over to us because it was literally like the house behind ours. Yeah. Well, and that happened too when you guys were doing your pool last year is when they had all the, the sand out there for the paver patio, we caught one iguana trying to nest you know, make a little hole and get all up in there. And man, it was nasty. Again, something we were like, ew, that's so gross. And then Peppy was like, what are you doing? Like, scare it away. It's going to fucking nest or whatever. And we were like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, we had no idea. But um, yeah, we know a lot about iguanas, I'm realizing, as I'm saying all my useless iguana knowledge out loud now. But suffice to say, there have been so many articles, and maybe they're just local articles here because they're only really pertinent here, um, but iguanas, because they're reptiles and cold-blooded, um, this is a great environment for them because it's hot. It keeps them, you know, functioning at maximum performance, unfortunately for us. But when yeah, it does... Now that it's springtime, they're all coming oh, back yeah. out. Oh, yeah. You kind of, you know what we need to Google next is what the hell do they do? Where have they been? Where have they been? I don't know. They must, I don't know if they hibernate or whatever they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. We need to, that's our next piece of information. <laughs> do they hibernate? Where do they go in the wintertime? Where do they go? Because like now you'll start to see them and especially through the summer crossing streets. So here's a fun and fact. And you see lots of babies out. Yeah. From so here's a fun nest. fact. Yesterday I was on my way to Trader Joe's and on my way home, driving up US1, which is federal, uh, you know, it's like a big, a big. It's US1. It's US1, but people that don't live here don't. I mean, well, I guess. No. If you live people, on the East Coast, no, yeah, you know US1. You know US1. Um, but anyway, whatever. It's like a big, big north-south road here. Um, so I'm driving north to get back home on it. And all of a sudden, I'm kind of, you know, I look ahead when I drive. So I see something. Where else would you look? Well, no, but people, people are very, like, short-sighted. Like, they'll just, like, watch the car in front of them and see if the car breaks in front of them. And if the car in front of them breaks, then they break. But I look, you know, cars above. Cars over yonder. I see. I like to see what people are doing because then I can anticipate what's going to happen. I'm a very defensive driver. You must be down here. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be confused with aggressive. I'm just defensive. Anyway, so I'm driving north on Federal and I see something up on the street, probably like four car lengths ahead of me. And I don't know what it is, but as I get closer, I realize it's an iguana trying to cross Federal and like dodging all the cars. Well, I hit it. You I clipped hit it? it. I clipped it. Ooh. Yes. And at first, I was like, because <gasps> I think that's the just back end the, or the front end. I don't even know. I don't Ooh. even know. Ooh. But I think you know, you like kind of like <gasps> in disbelief, and you're like, "Holy shit! I just hit it! I just ran over something!" And your reaction as a human is like, "Holy shit! I just ran something over!" Like another living thing, regardless of the fact of how I feel about iguanas because they're fucking yeah. gross. 
Um, but oh, I'm yeah, like, I cannot watch Peppy. When I can, I can. Them. No, it like, it, yeah. Also, too. they're so fast anyway, so it makes you really wonder when you see them dead on the road, like how? Yes. Because they can dodge cars like nothing. Yeah, and they do. Yeah, and they do all the time. But yeah, have you ever seen? Sorry, side note, not to play away from your story, and I want to scroll back to this. But sometimes when they're getting a lot of sun, which they do, because yeah. they're cold blooded, it like not that it paralyzes them, but they get into like a sun, like coma. a euphoria, like a food like, coma, oh like a sun coma, where they just kind of. Maybe, maybe that's what happens. I don't know. I mean, the fucker was cro- like it was actively crossing. Okay, Dodged a car, then it didn't. And then I clipped it. So anyway, I was like, oh my god, I just ran it over. I just ran it over. It's it's dead. So I keep driving, obviously. But I look in my rearview mirror, and I think I just clipped like the back legs and tail. But still, I could feel it when I ran Ugh. it over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you like, like the chills a little bit. Like, yeah. I hit something. Ugh. Yeah, it's like gross. And again, regardless of how I feel could about iguanas. Did you it was dead behind you? No, it wasn't dead. So that's why I think I just clipped like the back legs or the tail because, you know, usually those those things will dart across. Yeah. And the tail goes up and they're like, like planet Earth shit. Yeah. You know? And it was kind of just like. Crawling, you can't Aww. see what I'm doing, but <laughs> it was like slowly crawling on the shit. Some some other guy is not paying attention. Oh, is gonna just like it. end it, which is probably better because it's probably in a lot of pain. If I did clip it, I mean, I yeah, definitely got the got tail. If I got the back legs, then it's I all. Mean, the over. T- I feel like tails for reptiles are like a joke. Oh, I, I know. Just grow them right back. Yeah, which is also just disgusting. But well, yeah. You know, so, but wait, because we never finished. I never finished. I have so much iguana knowledge. I want to impart on these people. <laughs> so, the cold thing. Oh yes, the cold thing. Sorry, cold blooded. They don't do cold weather. It very rarely gets cold, cold in Florida. But when temperatures get into, which you know we've had a couple days this year, and with like all this crazy climate, whatever weather situation all over the world, it's gotten. There have been more days where I feel like. The cold doesn't last here, but it gets colder than it normally would or has. And when they get cold because they live in the trees, the iguanas kind of get paralyzed. And they're kind of like comatose, I guess, maybe is a better word. I don't know. Paralyzed, comatose, yeah, they, they just like, whatever. They freeze, but they don't like, But, yeah. But they don't they, die. They, they're yes. just frozen, kind of. Right. They're like comatose. But because they live in trees, you have to be, like, active. You, you can't just, like be up in a tree and like lose your ability to move because you're going to fall out of the tree. So all of them fall out of the trees. Right. And then they just look like it's rained iguanas and, and they're all over the grass or street or wherever this tree is that they all fell out of. But sometimes their falls are fatal. Right. And they die. Yeah. But did I tell you that story when I was at SeaWorld about the iguanas? No. So we were at SeaWorld when my older son was smaller and we were chatting with the lady who worked there who happened to be holding some kind of exotic lizard. I don't remember if it was Ugh. iguana or not or something else. We were Gross. just yapping it up with her. And she was saying it had just been cold. We were in Orlando, which is where SeaWorld is. And they get much colder weather than we do here right. in South Florida. But um, So she was saying that they, you know, tons of them had fallen from trees. And there was somebody who was going around and just picking them up. He was just chucking them into the back of his truck. He assumed they were all dead. The inside cabin of the back of his truck is what I'm referring to. Right. And with his heater on because it was cold. Because. And it brought them all back. They all woke up in the back of his truck. Yes. Inside cabin. Yes. Can you even imagine? Yes. And because what we've already talked about is that exotic meat market is 
why not? This guy thinks that they're all freaking falling from the oh, sky well, dead, and he, he was probably like, was going to try to make a buck. Well, I don't like, know about that. What else that. would you do with all if those He was iguanas? just, like, cleaning them up because they were, like, essentially, ro- you know, what he believed to be, like, roadkill. But kill. why would you put them in the inside cabin of your car? I have no idea. If you were cleaning roadkill. I have no, 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 no idea. This fucker was side hustle in mind. Well, maybe. Yeah. But also just not very smart. But also hasn't Googled enough about iguanas. Because <laughs> if he Googled enough. He should find us. Mm-hmm. We have a lot to say. Well, I had another wildlife encounter with an iguana because um, I was driving home and an iguana had been hit. Again, kind of a rare sighting, I feel like. There was an enormous vulture Ugh. picking at it. No. And I I think I, re- I think I knew but didn't know that there were vultures in this area. Apparently, it's a turkey vulture because I ended up talking to um, somebody who was knowledgeable about this by chance. And he was like, what, you're from Miami and you've never seen one of these up close? And I was like, no, why on earth would you ever get close enough to a vulture? And he was like, oh, well, you know, they come, obviously, like other vultures, they come down, they eat things that are already dead. But a lot of times they themselves get hit by cars because they're there feasting on the dead. Gross. But yeah, it was huge. And it was like right next to my car because I was going home through my neighborhood. And it was enormous. And it really was reminiscent of those cartoon vultures with like the spike, like, the head is kind of bald with just a few black feathers on it. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Like, right. think Looney Tunes bugs. Yeah. And it was enormous, I'm telling yeah. you. It must have been the size of like a turkey. Yeah. Maybe that's why they call it a turkey vulture. I guess that makes sense. Huh? <laughs> if there's one thing I hate almost as much as reptiles, it's birds. Oh, yeah, I really just I hate birds. birds. God, I, mean, I hate anybody birds. Anybody would want to have a pet bird. I hate why birds. Why that's so popular. Why? Super weird. But you know what? Again, speaking of Floridian reptiles, yeah. did you see in Fort Myers that enormous alligator that got into a house? Ew. Did you see this on the no. news? I haven't watched the news all week. So there was, it's a house, I guess it was just being built or whatever, and some kind of sliding door was left open. So the house is mm. empty, it's still being worked on. Mm-mm. A 12-foot alligator crawled in and got stuck in there somehow. I don't know how it couldn't get back out, but it couldn't get back out. And so some workers showed up to install, I don't know, like windows or treatments or something. And they walked into this enormous alligator just like kicking it in the house. Yeah. And so obviously they had to get like animal control in to get it out. But just another day in Florida. I don't know, man. And I'll tell you what, too. I, I feel like these animals are just getting too comfortable with human interaction. Like, I don't know if people are feeding them or just like they're becoming desensitized to humans. And... I personally am not a fan of that because I need them to be scared of us so that they fucking stay away. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to have some bold ass iguana up in my shit, on my car, Ooh. following me to my car. Like, I don't know. I just have all these irrational scenarios that run through my head whenever I see something. And I'm like, oh my God, what if it com- like, what if it's bold? What if it comes up to me? What if it, what if it jumps in my car as I'm trying to like quickly get in my car? I don't know think about these things a lot i also think about cockroaches a lot too because man gross oh yeah gross i'm always like what would i do if i got in my car and there was a cockroach crawling on my dashboard yeah no i would i would lose my shit i would lose my shit i would absolutely lose my mind i would lose my mind i think i'd pass out yeah i think i would black out so i was thinking about this because you've gotten into tennis lately recently and i was thinking to myself what made you get into ten- like all of a sudden you're into- like I like that you're into it, but what was the impetus for you 
to start playing tennis because obviously you've made friends and you like hang out with other people besides for me and I mean I guess I have to be okay with that but (laughs) (laughs) but it's like yeah like good for you for starting something so new yeah as a 31 year old what what made you start playing tennis I've always been into sports always played sports volleyball was really the sport that like stuck with me and growing up I played volleyball like from middle school on I played club volleyball in high school I you know even when I went to college I played like a little intramural like fun you know competitive but you know obviously it's not like athletic NCAA you know competitive playing and then when I graduated college um I got into running I moved to Texas. I got into running. I ran a couple half marathons. I trained for them. But it's just so different. Running is so different than playing a competitive team sport. And I wanted to find some kind of balance. But as you can imagine, playing volleyball, it was... It's hard to find another 11 people to play indoor volleyball or another, you know, four, five people to play, you know, beach volleyball. So I always kind of in the back of my mind wanted to learn how to play tennis. It was always kind of something that I thought was cool, a cool sport that I would enjoy that seemed like, oh, you know, you just need one other person to play with. So during COVID, I kind of got in like a rut with running and and everything else I was doing. Hurt my shoulder. So I went to PT for my shoulder and then I finally started to feel better. And I'm like, you know what? Once the restrictions got lifted and quarantine was no longer... I just Googled, you know, how to get into tennis down here in Fort Lauderdale and found a couple like resources and I just signed up for some one-on-one lessons to learn the basics. And then I just, through that, got involved with the local tennis center and just their schedule of adult clinics and round robin like doubles playing. And I don't know, I just kind of went from there. It was just fun and something different that changed up their routine. So I don't know. I've gotten really into it, like really into it. I think it's cool that you've gotten into it and that it's been like a cool way for you to meet people. Yeah. And make like make friends. And it's made a friend. Yeah. I've made like a lot of friends, which is interesting because, you know, we're introverted. I'm an introverted extrovert. Or, okay. Yeah. Or whatever. Sure. And I mean, I don't, you know, I think I said previously, I regret nine times out of 10, the plans that I make when the time comes to execute the plans, <laughs> which I think is a problem for a lot of millennials. Um, but no, I've made I've met really great people and I've you know, it's a good good outlet for exercise and a good kind of way. I would much rather meet people that way and hang out with people that way than, you know, be out late at night. I'm a grandma. I don't wanna be out late. I don't wanna I don't club. I don't do those things. You don't dance your wet blanket. Yeah. You know, I'm like an eighty year old on the inside. Going, you know, to the Miami Open with some of my friends that I play tennis with that I've met through tennis. It's been fun. It's just something different to do. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been fun. I don't know. I can't imagine how to make friends. Like how, what else someone would do to really get out there and make friends. Yeah. Outside of something like this. I think for us at this point in our careers and our age, I think most people, I mean, most people rely on networking either internally within their company or externally. But like, even then, and then you're not going to make friends like that. You'll, I mean, you'll you can. Meet people, you'll know people, but that's not like, those won't be the people that you go to with your personal yeah. stuff. Well, no. I mean, like nine times out of ten through networking, yeah, that's like a strictly professional relationship and, and you're not going to like, 
hey, what are you doing tonight? Like, you want to go to this wine tasting or yeah, you want to like, go to sit on my couch with me and like, yeah, eat a lot of junk and watch yeah. Bridgerton. Yeah, or, or <laughs> exactly. Or they're not the people you call on your way home from work to vent about work. life and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But I think that sometimes kind of like with the people that I met through tennis, I mean, I didn't have expectations to like have friends I would actually hang out with outside of playing tennis. Um, but I've met some really great people and being down here in South Florida too, I thought, Jesus, everybody who plays tennis that I'm going to meet is going to be old, you know, and, and like retired. And what am I going to have in common with these oh, people? I thought they'd all be like stay at home housewives. I mean, there certainly were some, um, and everybody kind of was like stay at home when I started playing tennis because we were still in the COVID, not quarantine per se, but I mean, a lot of offices were still closed. People were working from home. So there were a lot of people kind of like me I wasn't going my office was closed um so I had more flexibility in when I played and and a lot of the women at first when I was a beginner yeah they were you know working from home moms who obviously had kids that they were kind of homeschooling still because schools down here some of them weren't open um so it was it was different but yeah I was surprised at how many younger people played what I really liked about the pandemic was how how often we would see people outside like especially in those yeah. first few months yeah oh my god i think every single one of our neighbors would be out walking biking whatever and people would people were really friendly like they would say oh hello good morning or whatever yeah whereas before you wouldn't you'd barely see a soul outside and for the most part they would just pass you yeah. like without saying anything yeah I thought that was like a nice thing. And obviously now that everything's kind of picked back up more or less, you don't see as many people outside, but yeah. I Yeah. It's it's nice I think to be outside and I think it's really easy to forget that it's nice to be outside. Right. I mean people too, you know, you get into the rut of just the go go go, having to take your kids here, take your kids there, go to work, go grocery shopping, go this that that. And I think it was just nice to see people outside, but also people given the opportunity to hang with their family more. Yeah. You know, cause that's always, I feel like been a big point for parents, you know, friends of mine that are parents that always have like the mom guilt or like the parental guilt of like leaving their kids, you know, having to work late or do whatever. And this kind of gave them that opportunity to just, I'm homeschooling my kids and I'm working from home. And so it had its own different kind of stressors, but I mean, it brought, it, it gave them more time, like, as a family, which yeah. I think is nice. And then, yeah, you saw them family bike rides, family walks, like, all of these things, which is nice because usually the easy thing is, like, throw an iPad at them, throw them in front of the TV, right. like, Just so you can get your other away, shit done. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of, it's kind of, it was kind of nice to see that. Hopefully it's kind of a renewed thing that we keep seeing. Obviously not to the extent we did see it when nothing was open, but... Yeah. You know, I feel like we're only ever outside if it's like, okay, I have to walk outside to my car. I have to walk outside to get into my office, outside to get into my house. Like, we don't spend a lot of intentional time outside. Yeah. And when we when we do, like recently, when we are sitting in our yard, which we recently had redone, it's so nice. Not just because we're in a really nice yard that we just redid, but because it's really just nice to be outside when you, you know, obviously it's hot and there's elements sometimes that are uncomfortable but if you just like stop being such a princess about it like okay yes it's hot you're sitting outside right there is sun okay yes that's what outside is like 
when you stop dwelling on those like silly things and you can just sit like wow it's actually really nice to sit here and like enjoy the breeze or yeah. to not be in front of a screen or just to not have the house noise behind you of like a tv somewhere an ipad somewhere the phone ringing somewhere just there's just really something nice about being outside yeah I, totally. I feel like we've forgotten but I think we also we just take it for granted being in South Florida too because I mean yes it's hot it's humid it's gross some days most days but you could always be outside if you wanted to be outside regardless right. of the time of year which is something that you know people up north don't get the luxury of and right. so it's kind of like how I feel about the beach We've lived in South Florida almost our whole lives, you know, give or take a few years when we were in college and, whatever. you know, whatever other other places we lived after college. But, I mean, growing up in South Florida with the beach always there, oh my God, I can tell you, like, to the beach. E- even now as an adult, like, I can tell you maybe on two hands how many times I've been to the beach. And people are like, oh, my God, why don't you go to the beach? Aren't you at the beach all the time? No, I'm not, actually. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Well, yeah, it is weird. And I would always talk. I have a friend from Chicago who moved down here. And she goes to the beach every single weekend, rain or shine. She does not care. She is yeah. on the beach. Yeah. And I would, she would talk to me about it or whatever. We would talk about it. And I would say, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't even occur to me to wake up and go to the beach. I don't know if it's because it's always there and it's not like a special thing for me. Right. Because it's always there. I think that's what it is. if it just feels like... Uh, I have to get all the way to the beach. I have to bite the traffic. I have to... Nah, yeah. nah, nah. Or if it's like, I have to go grocery shopping. I have to do laundry. I have all these things to do. There's no time for recreational lounging. Yeah. But like I said, she goes rain or shine no matter what. And I think it's a nice outlook to really enjoy that outdoor space that we have that's here that people yeah. you know, all over the world come here to do. To and boy, visit. do they come. And... Yeah, I mean, I just think that there's something really tranquil, really, like, I'm not somebody who practices mindfulness because (laughs) I don't really know how, but there's something about being outside that feels almost like it's resetting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the bottom line is we just take for granted the fact that we can be outside whenever we want down here. Perks of Florida. But yeah, I still am not going to go to the beach, probably. Yeah. Just hate to sand up my ass. Yeah sand and all the crevices all the crevices all over my damn car it's such a pain in the ass yeah it's a little bit of a pain but there are some people like your friend from chicago i mean there there are just some people who just i don't know they like feel connected or whatever to like the water and the ocean and the beach like i don't feel that way i think it's nice every once in a while but i'm a pool girl (laughs) stick me stick me in a pool with a lounger my towel and my airpods no sand up my ass no salt water more importantly because when it gets in my nose, it burns. I don't like yes. it. Yes, yes. Or you get like smacked in the face with a wave and yeah. then swallow it and you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Season two of Bridgerton. Damn, yeah. When so, are we going to start watching this? You know, we were so devastated when we finished Bridgerton and then all the news was coming out about how they were delaying it because of COVID. And that reggae wasn't coming back. Oh, God. Yeah. Love him. By the way, okay, tangent. He did, um, uh, he narrated some new, it's not like Planet Earth, I don't think, but it's like some kind of wildlife, National Geographic, something like that. Oh my God. (laughs) So I watched, it was probably on my Facebook or Instagram, like some ad 
but it has him like side by side with the like it has it has split screen and it has him in a recording booth recording the voiceover or the narration for a scene in the documentary and it was so sensual <laughs> his he voice like so sexy what a beautiful man it's just like wow i'm like watching some gazelle get like destroyed but i'm i am captivated <laughs> it was so sensual i'm like this this guy this voice like he's gonna be the new morgan freeman he's gonna narrate everything like everything that is gonna come out now like they're all gonna want him yeah it is yeah wow well wow. i have not started season two i really want to okay, i don't yeah. know when that's gonna happen Season two came out like two weeks ago, and I we know, only we just even realized. Any of yeah, it. and I know I haven't. I, I'm. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm probably gonna start it. and I'm probably going to love it because I really loved season one. Yeah, but I still feel like it's always weird to me. Like I know American Horror Story kind of does this. Well, every season is a whole new story, whole new yeah. characters. That that's not exactly the case with Bridgerton, but it's going to. Not that usually they don't ship focus, but. Like, the yeah. whole purpose of season one, it's going to be, like, all the same characters, but, like, totally nothing at all. Like, there's no continuation of that story. Reggae is not in it. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't I know. know if it's going... I mean, I, honestly, I'm sure once I start watching, it's going to pull me in. I don't know why I'm going on. But I feel like... Eh, it, yeah. Eh. It's the fear of the unknown. Is like, it could it be really great and live up to season I mean, one. But honestly, I, mean, I really think that it will. I think it will, too. I'm just concerned for the lack of closure i mean i think that they closed it they wrapped Did it they nicely know? well yeah because she had the baby at the end i know but like th- now what like is he gonna turn into his dad and like fucking I mean, up and I run like and they like could have no i i the answer i feel like is no but we don't know for sure but, <laughs> but we don't my know my heart sure. my heart is telling me no but we don't know for sure because we never got the closure my heart feels certain okay whatever and so it feels like Yes, they wrap up that story, but they could continue it. They to could. Your point. They could very much continue it, but now we're just going to go to, like, you know, the womanizing big brother, blah, blah. He's easy on the eyes. Fine, I do like but, him. like, of all I the stories like to pick up after Daphne's, it feels like, blah, blah, okay. Yeah. As I say, not having started it, I will probably love it and be obsessed yeah. with it. Let's just be very <laughs> honest about that. Yeah. You know how Netflix, I don't know if you see this, I, I will occasionally on Facebook get commercials for netflix stuff yeah i all the fucking time and i got one last night for a documentary about abercrombie and fitch have you <gasps> seen this i saw the ad for so it I the rise the and ad. fall of abercrombie and yes fitch i forgot and i for the life of me could not remember the name of the documentary just that the subheader was the rise and fall of abercrombie yeah. and fitch i mean it's probably so it was like exclusive or not no not the word that's not the e-word i'm thinking of uh Exclusive, but like because it was like an exclusive kind of brand and company, like their right. their whole shtick was ex- an exclusive. Right. Like we want you to be white and thin to wear our clothes. But right. Anywho, yes. So I watched the preview for that, and I thought, oh my god, I really want to see this. Fuck yeah, I really want to see this. It's like um, continuing our millennial theme of documentaries into like the next biggest cultural thing yeah. of our like there younger are lives. A bunch of documentaries I really want to watch. But when I saw the preview for that, I just I immediately went back to 
middle school, early 2000s, just thinking like, yeah. damn, if you were wearing Abercrombie, you were the shit. You were fly. You were so hot if you were wearing Abercrombie. Yeah. And just like, again, if you were in the mall, you smelled You smelled it, yeah. Out. One of my friends used to work at Abercrombie, and she literally was like, no, there's a spray bottle with that scent. And every so often, we have to go around the store and we spray it yeah. so that it permeates through the whole fucking mall. Right. Yeah. And I it was very like, intentional. And Hollister and American Eagle, like all these, well, it's Hollister is part of the Abercrombie brand family of umbrellas or brand of whatever, part of that company. <laughs> the store that I loved was Rule. Yeah. Oh, man. That was man. only in New York where they opened up a few stores around the country, but then they all closed. I don't even know if the New York one is still open. Yeah. Man, you did love that but place. But I, oh, I loved that store, but... Like Abercrombie, all the sizes were super off. Yeah. I mean, of course, at the time, I thought that I was overweight and blah, blah. I think growing up as a young girl, you always hate the way that you look. But, like, I probably, like, on a real size, was probably, like, a six. Yeah. Four or six. Totally normal, average size for a healthy adolescent girl, in my humble opinion. (laughs) Not that I thought that then. But, you know, we'd go to Abercrombie, and I'd be in, like, a 10-12. And I think that, you know, obviously that was intentionally done by Abercrombie. Well, we'll find out in the documentary. Well, I mean, we know. We know. Do we know? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yes, because they wanted thin, good-looking people in their clothes. They didn't want, you know, the average size six, you know, girl in their clothes. They wanted you to be like Giselle in their clothes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but also how damaging that was. For me as a kid, because obviously I had friends who were thinner, and you know they would fit so well into Abercrombie, they would fit so well into Rule, and sometimes I'd go in with them, and I wouldn't be able to find anything that fit me. Yeah, I was too big for the clothes that were there. Yeah, like what a terrible feeling that was. I mean, so even I, as a thirty-year-old adult, it's still a terrible. feeling. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> it's always a terrible feeling when like clothes don't fit. But I mean, thinking about you know at the how impressionable you are as a young oh, yeah. child. So. I can't wait to sit back and watch this documentary and be like, ha, 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 F you people because you were terrible. Yeah. And your whole, like this whole um, mission image that you launched your company on was crap. Yeah. Even though there are still Abercrombie and Hollisters Yeah, which is shocking to me. And you know what's even worse is that now that everybody, for whatever godforsaken reason, is getting back into like the 90s style and early 2000s yeah, what style. Is that? It's coming back. Abercrombie. So to me, when I think of Abercrombie, you know, like if I were in like a marketing survey, whatever, and they were like, what comes to mind when you think of Abercrombie and Fitch? I immediately think of the skirts and pants that had the word Abercrombie across the ass. Like, like the sweats? Yeah, like the clothing. Like that, that piece of clothing, I feel like that was their shit. You just had Abercrombie across your ass as like a 12-year-old. That's not the first thing that comes in mind for me. Uh, the first thing that comes in mind for me is like the dark stores. Yeah. The dark wood and the yeah. dim lighting. Yeah. And then I think of I think of their shopping bags with just like the abs. Yeah. All the abs. Yeah, I think of yeah. And remember the models that used to stand on the door? Yes. Oh my god. Shirtless. Horrible. Horrible. But I say that because yesterday I was hanging out with one of my friends from tennis that I met through tennis. Um, and she lives in downtown Fort Lauderdale, super trendy building, like really nice pool, like on, on like the sixth floor of her building. Like it's really nice. And there were so many people out there and 
I'm looking at and the door and there's a girl that's coming into the pool and she doesn't look like she's coming to the pool. She looks like she's looking for somebody like, I don't know, her roommate or whatever. Um, and I'm looking at her and she is like straight out of 2000 or 1999. Uh, she's wearing like a tank top, like a ribbed tight tank top. Ribbed is back. Yes. Everything ribbed. is ribbed now. Ribbed can die. And, um, like a skirt, like a sweat material skirt, uh-huh, uh-huh. and like the skinny sunglasses. Literally, it is 2003. Yes. I am in eighth grade. Yes, wearing But I am that. also wearing my Nike white classics with yeah. that skirt and yes. that tank and yes. those glasses feeling yeah. like the hottest shit that yeah. I was. And I looked at her and I'm just like, man, why? Why is this style coming back, <laughs> you know? Because obviously I'm going to just assume in this trendy building in downtown Fort Lauderdale, um... That she's obviously 10 years younger than me or maybe, you know, in her mid-20s. I'll cut myself some slack. Um, and so I'm looking at her and I'm like, number one thought is, wow, all she's missing is a fucking bucket hat. Ooh. And then or like number... Or Dutch purse. Exactly. <laughs> or a trucker hat. Yeah, exactly. And then all... Like, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, wow, that style. She turns around Abercrombie across the ass. I'm like, Jesus. No, are you serious? Where? Where did she get this? And if she just got Goodwill. this. She got it at Goodwill. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope it's from Goodwill. But I'm like, otherwise, Abercrombie is making like quite the wave comeback with these youths. And why? I, between, well, I've not seen anyone in that kind of outfit lately. But the jeans. <sighs> it's the jeans. And the low the rise. Sneakers. The low rise. Not as much low rise, just like the uh, like the mom style oh, tapered. God, Jesus, tapered jeans. They're not skinnies. Yeah, uh, they're I, like I said, not necessarily low rise. Maybe like a mid rise, but just like why? Wow, wow. People think this is a good look again. Yeah, which is weird to me because Shocking. when I remember because I'm always a laggard. When skinnies came out, yeah, I thought. Oh my god, like, why would you want to wear skinnies? <laughs> like, that's not cute. And now we live in them. Because I wore bell bottoms, and for me, my flared jean was super fly. <laughs> it was. I was super hot. It was. In my flared jeans. It was. In not 2000- bell bottom, just the slight flare. It was in 2006. Yes. <laughs> Five. <laughs> and yeah, then the skinnies came out, and I could not wrap my head around it until I was at Rule, actually, with my friend, <laughs> and she was like, oh my god, you have to try these on. And I thought, okay, put them on, and that was it. Yeah. Got my first pair of skinnies at Rule, and man, did I live in those jeans, and I love those jeans. And I've not not worn skinnies since then. Yeah. And I can't imagine not wearing skinnies. I'll never give up the skinnies. High-waisted skinnies, the 10-inch, yeah. high-rise. I want it well above the belly button. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's, that's the look. 10-inch high-rise. That's the look. Done. So so much more flattering than the low rise keeps all Agreed. the chubbies in. Agreed. Your shirts look so much nicer. Agreed. It gives you such a nice, a much nicer shape. Agreed. Thanks for listening to this episode of Related. Tune in next time for more from Francesca and me, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Related the Podcast.